0: after judging moot court presentations for the past week, is my co-host Curtis. And today on the show, we are talking Crutin'. I did a quick big picture recap of National Signing Day, what, a couple of weeks ago now? Feels like three or four months ago, but I guess it was like two weeks ago. But outside of that and the random mailbag question here and there, we haven't really had a chance to talk much recruiting recently because just in case you haven't heard yet, Georgia won the football national championship. So, understandably, we were a little preoccupied with what was happening on the field this season, which meant, of course, the -the off-the-field topics like recruiting had to take a little bit of a backseat, at least for the time being. But, the off-season has arrived, and that gives us a little bit of freedom, more freedom than we had during the season to discuss some different topics like recruiting. So today we are diving deep into the recently finalized 2022 recruiting class that finished third nationally in the 247 composite. No, not a number one overall class like we've had in the past, but still one hell of a class that will keep us among the small privileged group Of the most talented rosters in America. We aren't going anywhere. I've said before, I'll say it again, if you're anywhere within like the top three-ish range, you are putting yourself in position. If you finish in the top three year after year after year, you're putting yourself in position to compete for and ultimately win national championships, which obviously we just did. So we are going to go heavy on the recruiting today. In fact, we are going to discuss every single player in the class in some way, shape, or form. At least that's the goal here. Curtis only has a, a certain amount of time here before he's got to go and do some more law school stuff. But we've got him cornered for a little while here. So we're going to try to maximize our time, make the most of it here. And the goal, as I said, is to get through every single player in the class. I don't know if we're going to meet that goal, but we're going to try. And if not, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll come back and do another show next week. But the goal is to try to hit on every single player today And this one's been a long time coming. So, Curtis, let's jump in. And we are going to start with a little bit more of a macro look before we get down to the micro and the individual players. And, Curtis, the first question I have for you today is this. This is the one that everybody wants to know, right? They want to know who's going to be the alpha of the class, who's going to be that big-time player, the best player in the class. So let's just start there. Let's give the people what they want. Who do you think, Curtis, is going to be the biggest year one contributor from this 2022 recruiting class. Who's going to be this year's Brock Bowers?
2: Realistically, I'm probably going to have to go defense. I'm going to think someone along the lines of Michael Williams or yeah. um, Marvin Jones Jr. thinking position need.
0: Yeah, I think that's what you need is is, is exactly right. Need and opportunity, right? Like When you're talking about Who's going to make the biggest impact? Number one, they have to have the opportunity to make that impact. Brock Bowers was a monster, but it also helped that Darnell Washington had the foot injury in fall camp, missed the first couple of weeks, and and then obviously Brock Bowers was super talented, but the opportunity was there. He wasn't splitting those reps with anybody. So he got those opportunities, and by the time Darnell comes back, Bowers has established himself as that guy, as the go-to guy. So I think you have to have the opportunity first and foremost, and two guys you mentioned there. Now I will say with Marvin Jones Jr. with the guys that we have returning at that position, with Nolan Smith coming back, with Robert Beal coming back, do you think that might, in some way, limit the opportunities that he has to make that year one
2: impact? Uh, not really. Now I know Beal ended up as our sack leader for the year, but realistically, if it how crazy to is that? Anderson, by the he, way, that Robert Beal ended up leading it is team really in the sacks. it is really crazy when you get down to it and start thinking about it because like he. I mean, this sounds terrible, but it never felt like he made these, like, super huge impactful sacks, but yet he was still, like... He was productive. Yeah, they were productive, but, like, so it was, like, a a slow and quiet build-up. He also played a lot of passing
0: down snaps. Like, in our dime package, he would come in often, so he had more pass rush opportunities.
2: Especially once Adam Adam Anderson went down. And and that's why I'm saying, like, if Adam Anderson had never gone down, I don't know if... I would even say Robert Beale would have gotten the opportunity to get those sacks. And so I think if potentially when you're looking on passing downs, we may want to go with someone who's a little bit more quicker off the edge. If it's not Nolan, I could see someone else who could bring a little bit more speed in passing situations who brings not only speed but maybe versatility.
0: And I will say Kirby, especially on the defensive side of the ball, has shown that he will play the guy that he thinks gives us a better chance to win. And, I, and if, he, if he thinks that's Marvin Jones Jr. at some point in the
2: season, then that guy will play. Jones Jr. will play. Yeah. He'll play ahead of Beal. I just Herb feel like New Jones Jr., even though he may not have the most, you know, opportunities per se, it's still at a position where it's easy to make an impact by just getting a couple high-profile sacks.
0: Well, and, and we rotate so much on defense anyway. And we have guys that we can bring in different packages that he's going to play. That uh, we, we, we are still very, very thin on experience and like truly talented depth behind Nolan Smith and Robert Beal. Yes, we got Chad Chambers, who I think is going to be a good, solid player for us. And I'm still high on Michael Sherman, see what he can do when he gets more opportunities, which he should hopefully get this year. But those opportunities to, to get reps and snaps behind Robert Beal and behind Nolan Smith, those opportunities are going to be there. And a guy as talented as Marvin Jones Jr. is, as explosive as he is as a pass rusher off the edge, those opportunities are going to be there. So, in Curtis, just the fact is, that's an impact position, right? Like the ability to pre- – like we talk about all the time nowadays how important the quarterback position is. Well, if that's true, then you also have to say that the edge rushers, those guys who affect the quarterback that rush the passer, they've now taken on added importance as well. So that position, even if he doesn't play a ton, if he can make impact plays at that position – that can ultimately catapult him to one to the top of the list of being a guy that could have the biggest impact year one coming out of this 2022 class. However, I like the guy you mentioned first. We'll talk more about him in a few minutes. Michael Williams Curtis is a freaking monster, and they got it right. The recruiting rankings they got it right on this one, in my opinion. I think they're going to be proven correct. Top five overall prospect in the country was at one time coming to Southern Cal originally. Thank god. They uh, had a coaching change there, and we were able to get back into things. This guy is going to be an absolute stud, and I think right off the bat. And I was talking about opportunity. Curtis Trayvon Walker is gone. I think Michael Williams can slide right into the five-tech. Hell, I think Michael Williams has the potential to even play outside linebacker. I think he's that athletic. So I think he's got position versatility. I think opportunity is there at the five-tech. I think he's got the talent to, to meet the opportunity. I think Michael Williams might be the right answer. I mean, is there anyone on offense on like you in defense? Curse, is there anyone else maybe on the opposite side of the ball that you think could be that guy, like a, a Brock Bowers type guy?
2: I don't, and the only reason I say that is like I just don't see right now receivers or someone along those lines who's like a impact guy, you know, difference maker right off the bat, even in receiver with more and Morissette, and people like that. They don't strike me as that, and even Branson Robinson, um it's going to be tough for him just because we have Kenny McIntosh and yeah, people who Trent's are going to be used be the more.
0: Closest, than yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: and, and, and that's more of just like an, him being an every down back, maybe put together some stuff like Nick Chubb did, but you just have to also think of like how we're walking away from those power backs, getting 30 carries a game. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's go on to the next one here. So that was who we think is going to make the biggest contribution in year one. Well, let's look at their, their entire careers in totality. Which player in this 2022 recruiting class do you foresee being the highest future NFL draft pick?
2: Is it the same guy? I actually think it is. I mean, you're seeing Trayvon Walker, who never put up the, the ridiculous numbers that some guys did, but yet he's still rising up everyone's draft charts. And I think it's going to go even higher once he's out there in the NFL combine.
0: I think he'll be a first round pick. I really do. I think it would be a first-round pick. I mean, the thing is you don't position. see
2: a lineman that jumps off at you that screams first-round pick. And I think right now you're seeing less, you know, fewer and fewer running backs taken. So you have to look at some of these positions right now which are known to be taken high.
0: Yeah, Branson Robinson, I know he's a guy that we're all really high on, but you're right. The, the running back position we know in the NFL has just been devalued over the years. You see very few teams taking a running back with their first round draft picks. So I, I wouldn't go there. I think Michael Williams has got to be in that conversation. He probably he, He's going to be my pick. I'll go Michael Williams. I also really like Christian Miller on the interior defensive line. Those positions, like – just think about what positions do NFL teams put a premium on, and they're willing to spend. – You're someone I
2: think could make ground. an interesting. Who could I could see it even very well as Jalen Walker at inside linebacker. The Absolutely. way we keep, if we keep Coach Schuman, the way he has developed that position, and you look at the skill set of what Jalen Walker brings to the table, I mean that's like a a dream similar to like what you see with Roquan and people like that.
0: Yeah, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think Jalen Walker is the next great Georgia inside linebacker. In fact, if you watch his his high school tape. If you just like imagine him in red and black and imagine him playing in Saver Stadium, he looks like a Georgia linebacker, like right? the guys we have playing for us last year. He looks like that right now. So that's a great pick. I could certainly go there. Uh so Jalen I mean he's all defensive guys though, right? Curse? I mean, I don't want to say it's a defensive heavy class, but the heavy hitters, the biggest prospects in this class are on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's Jalen Wall, well, it makes sense
2: because I mean you- you think like what what happened this year in coaching? Well, we kind of moved on with wide receiver more or less because our recruiting hadn't been there. You know, right. a lot of the hand-wringing as it had been the recruiting, you know, the questions and what people were talking to us about was on the offensive side of the ball, more so at the skill position in wide receiver recruiting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean that that's just kind of the way it played out with this class. So I think I'm gonna go I would go again, I I hate to use the same guy, but I think i am probably go Michael Williams, Jalen Walker's a good one too. Um, I could potentially see Marvin Jones Jr. with, with just the fact that the edge rushers, th- those NFL teams do put a premium on those guys. You, you typically see them getting drafted high in the first round. That wouldn't shock me at all. But I, I think, I really believe that Michael Williams is the crown jewel of this class. And there's a couple guys you could, you could argue could be the crown jewel. I, I think it's going to end up being Michael Williams on the field. And I think, you know, they don't always get it right, but more often than not, they do. And the guys that do the recruiting okay. rankings they got it right with Michael Williams. Number four overall nationally, and this guy is every bit that talented. There's no doubt in my mind. All right, next one here, Curtis. So we're talking about the, the heavy hitters, the guys that we all know about, everyone talks about, get a lot of publicity. Well, let's go with those guys that people don't generally talk about as much. Who is the biggest sleeper in this class? Maybe a guy that's rated lower than you think. He should be based on his talent level that can jump up and make a big-time impact for this team. Maybe, maybe like the, well, the I, mean, I think, Mitchell of this I think class. You could,
2: easily, you could say the running back we got at the end, Andrew, I believe it's Andrew Andrew Young. Paul, yeah. Andrew Paul, sorry. I knew it was Paulson. Um, but I'm actually – this guy's not low-ranked, low but I don't think he's being talked about enough, and that's Oscar Delp. Um, Love him. Love because him. I think there there is a lot of uncertainty that – you know, Darnell Washington will even be here next year after spring train or spring camp and all these, there's no guarantee he's going to be here. Yeah. And someone like Oscar Delp, who is, you know, very similar to what Brock Bowers is, um, and may, you know, is actually a little bit bigger in my opinion. Um, I think he, he, he could he be slotted in there. Yeah. And I, I, so I think he could be slotted in there to be, be dangerous, especially when you're like, well, Brock is missing the spring. So it's going to allow someone like Delp to come in there and get some reps.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk more about Delp here later on, but I'll spoil a little bit. I, I'm totally with you, Curtis. I mean, Oscar Delp is rated, I mean, he's a top 100 guy. He's coming in like at number 100. He's a five-star talent, in my opinion. The way, the way they do these recruiting rankings, they put, it's kind of like NFL teams. They put a premium on certain positions. So if you play like tight end, they don't value that as much as quarterbacks. So you're just not gonna get, going to get rated as highly. So even if you're like the best kicker in the country, rarely are a kicker is a kicker higher than a two or, or low three star. Because they just don't put that much value on that position. But from a talent perspective, Oscar Doubt, Oscar Delp is a freaking stud, man. And that's one of the reasons you mentioned like, we don't know what's gonna happen with Darnell. He's still currently on the team. I hope Darnell stays on the team. But if he does end up tr- transferring after spring practice, like I would obviously rather Darnell Washington be on our team, but I'm not gonna lose a ton of sleep over it because I think Oscar Delp's that good. I think he's brought Bowers 2.0. And that's that's what I see Oscar Delp as. I think he's that kind of dude. He's going to continue that tradition at tight end. So I I think in terms of being a sleeper, yeah, yeah, he's raised inside the top 100, but I see what you're saying. I think he absolutely is better, far better than just a top 100 player. I think he's a top 50 player, maybe a top 25, top 30 talent in this class. I like that call. I'm going to go a little deeper on this, Curtis. I'm going to go with a defensive guy. I'm going to go with DB Jacory Thomas. Now, he's he's not, he's not a, a four-star, according to 247 Composite, but only rated n- number 326 nationally. I think if you turn on this guy's tape, you're going to be really impressed. He's a guy that, I mean, he's, he's listed at 6'1", 188. He looks bigger than that. He looks more like 6'1", 200-ish pounds. I think he's a true safety. I think he could potentially play star. He feels well against the run, but he moves really, really well at that position. He like watching him on the hoof, he reminds me of like what Richard Lecount kind of looked like once he got into Athens. He's bigger than Richard was in in high school. But like, let's say junior level Richard LeCount, he kind of his body kind of looks like that right now. He's a rangy player. He'll come up and strike you. He'll hit you. He plays offense for, I mean, most of these guys play both ways, but he's he's a he's a weapon on offense. He's dynamic offensively. He just moves really, really well. I like his physical makeup. I think Ja'Cory Thomas talk about. Opportunities. I think he's a guy that no one's talking about at safety that could potentially come in and compete for a starting spot. And I know we have Dan Jackson coming back. Obviously, we know Chris is coming back. We all love Malachi Starks. But I think Ja'Cory Thomas is a name people are sleeping on. I think at some point in his career, this guy is going to be a starter for us in that position. It certainly would not surprise me. In fact, I would say at this point, some I, I kind of expect that somewhere down the line the next couple of years, that Ja'Cory Thomas, um, we could certainly, in future classes, maybe recruit a little bit over him, possibly. But I think he's going to be one of those guys that will end up outplaying that ranking at number 326 nationally. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns.
1: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to Lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-ads.com. Uh, all
0: right, curse we're going to get into all these players here in just a second. Real quickly, though, which position group did we do the best job of filling our needs at?
2: I think there's no question it's a defensive line. It's a killer defensive line.
0: I mean you're talking so you can are you gonna include edge rushers with the defensive line or just like interior I guys mean like I think you I think
2: you can honestly put Michael Williams in with the defensive line.
0: Um he could play the edge. I think he's more of a five tech guy.
2: And that's how it is. Trayvon Walker, I, I don't know what he was recruited as, but he definitely played the DN position. Yeah. But, I mean, just thinking of um, Bear Alexander and Christian Miller, right there are two absolute studs.
0: And Sean Washington. No one talks about he's another guy that's undervalued, but I think he's going to be, a, a, at the very least, a, a big-time contributor for us on the interior of that defensive line. big, strong, physical dude. And I would throw Michael Williams. So I think that's a great call. That's, I, I mean, we loaded up on the defensive line. Curtis, let's just stop real quick here. Now that you mentioned the defensive line, let's give Trey Scott some credit here, man. How how many years ago was it? I mean, like when he got the job, first couple years he got the job, what do we always hear fans complain about when it was when it came to Trey Scott?
2: How bad he was at recruiting.
0: We couldn't land the big guys on the defensive line. We just kept missing, kept missing, kept missing. And and we told you guys, like you and I would talk about this, we, we would get those questions relatively often for the mailbag. And our response always was like, you got to give this guy a chance to put players in the league so he can have verifiable evidence to point to to these high school players that I can get you where you want to go. Because all these guys, I mean, look, they 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 have different desires. and I mean, they, there's different things that, that weigh more heavily for different guys. But at the top of almost every player's list is, can you get me to the league? Can you get me to the NFL? And when he first got here, Trey Scott couldn't point to that. He could say, trust me, but you couldn't see it. Now he doesn't have to say a word. He just points. says, look, man, look what we got going on here. You might have two guys taking the first round this year. You got Jalen Carter coming out next year. So just giving him some time to, number one, develop the guys. That shows you how good of a, of a coach he is, developing them, putting them in the league. And now he can go out and recruit those guys, and you're seeing that firsthand in this 2022 class. So I love that call. I'm going to go a little different here. Since you chose the defensive line, I'm going to go defensive backfield. Think about this, Curtis. I think
2: that's a great, great choice also.
0: We got, we got three five-stars in the defensive back class. Malachi Starks from Jefferson – you got Jaheim Singletary out of Florida, Dalen Everett out of IMG, Julian Humphrey, who's, a, I mean, not quite a five-star, but like is close to that level. I'm mean, a high, high four-star player. Ja'Cory Thomas, a guy that's a little bit lower rated, but I just brought him up as a guy that can be a sleeper in this class. And, Kurt, that's a, that is a position, a group, whether it's safety, star, cornerback, whatever. We need to bring some dudes in. Like we need to build some serious quality depth, and we answer that question in a huge way with this 22, 2022 class. I mean, again, three five-star prospects. And hopefully we'll see if they play up that five-star status. But in terms of like recruiting raw talent, getting them in here, it's hard to imagine that we could have done a better job with this defensive back class in 22. I mean, that to me, that's, that's the group right there. That's the killer class. I love the defensive line as well. But when you're talking three five-star guys, I mean, it's tough to say anything other than the defensive backs. All right, now, I hate to bring this up, Curtis, but if we're going to talk about What we did well, what position we recruited well with, what position did we maybe drop the ball with in this 2022
2: class? Uh, Well, I've kind of already alluded to it, but you have to go wide receiver recruiting. Yeah, there's no doubt, man.
0: I mean, it is what it is. I mean, how much of a factor did that play with the new coach, with Brian McKinney coming in and us moving on from Cortez Hankton?
2: I think it had to be a big thing. I mean, I know Cort Hankton went home for the Rays and, like I said, went home to Louisiana. But the fact of the matter is, we upgraded heavily. Um, you saw recruits actually excited about the hire of B Mac. Um, I think that maybe it's Hankton's philosophy with the rotating of player. Whatever it is, he suffered recruiting wise. To the yeah, point I where mean, you have heard rumors. Kind of Trey Scott, he couldn't point to guys and say, "Look, I put this." Dude well, and, in and the thing is, though, Trey Scott, I don't think he ever needed. Like the rumor has it that his was even having to get severe help from other coaches. Um. Yeah. More or less was more or less was like no longer the lead guy on his top targets. Yeah, that's um, kind of an open secret here on town. Yeah. And so, just the fact of the matter is, our recruiting was substandard. Um, and I know he can't point to it, but the fact is he did nothing to help himself point to it. Trey Scott went out there, saw players, got them. Just think about the players that we have on the roster that did stuff. I mean, Lad McConkey, who ended up being a very big contributor. That was a Todd Munkin find. Um,
0: that was, you know, a there was late just a lot
2: of, too. and yeah, and see there's just some, that was just where
0: it's going I'll gonna give be you a wild. His the- evaluations, though, his evals were very, very good on some of these lower rated guys. Yeah, he was, he was but at, at, at the guys. same
2: time, it's unfortunate that we're having to rely on that. Well, you can't make a living off that. That's not sustainable long term. And that's what he opinion. was trying to do, and that's what's happening recruiting wise. I mean, Cole Spears, someone like that, and even Denial and Morissette may end up in the long run being good, but we don't have any immediate contributors.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver is the obvious answer here. I mean, honestly, I I don't know what else it would be. Wide receiver, but if you look at up and down the class, I mean, I thought we did a really good job, obviously, at, as you mentioned, defensive line, DB. We got a guy that used to be a five-star quarterback, but for some reason kept dropping down the rankings even though he's just breaking record after record. Uh, I love the pass rushers we got in this class, and the offensive line is a solid group. Maybe not an elite offensive line group that we've had in the past, but still a really good offensive line group. Uh, inside linebacker, I, I think we nailed it there, especially with Jalen Walker. Uh, receiver is just, um, I mean, not, they're not, I'm not saying they're bad players. They're just not, it's just not as dominant of a group. It's not up to the rest the of the class. Group. Yeah. We, it's not we to, go it's, about, that's the ne- way to put it. It's not up to the standards of the rest of the class. That's, that's just the way to put yeah,
2: it. Yeah. Like the, everyone else, we're talking about like five stars and high four stars. And we don't, there's no one near that that fits that category. Of the wide we receivers. have some
0: guys that I think can be productive players, but we just don't have that like surefire, like, oh my God, this guy is a monster kind of player. We don't have that guy. We just don't have that guy. And there's some guys I think can grow into being a really good player, but just uh, we don't have that sure thing. Don't have that sure thing, which I think we do at some of those other positions. But all right, Curtis, let's go ahead, man. And um let's move on a little bit. This next segment, this is where we're going to go down the list and talk about every single player in the 2022 class and it's the offseason. So, you know, I want to have some fun with it using my ridiculous, stupid lingo. So, Curtis, I'm going to give you a player. Here's what we're going to do I'm going to give you a player. You're going to go down the list of prospects, just random guys, no rhyme or reason to what the order, just random guys. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Let's go position group by position group. So, I'm going to give you a player, and I want you to put that player into one of three categories. So, it's either going to be the, that player is either a guy, a dude, or a monster. Now, if you've been listening long enough, you've probably heard me use those terms a lot to describe players and or recruits. And at some point, you might have just sat there thinking, what are you talking about, man? And just wondered what the difference was between those three classifications. So let me try to explain what I mean here. So when I call a guy, a guy he's just a guy to me a guy is a role player there's a minor contributor like you wouldn't really notice if he was gone if he transferred out like okay whatever on to the next guy very replaceable type player so we can give you some examples off last year's team so I, and I don't mean to slight anybody here but like maybe a mere speed you know on the team for what since 2017 and never really made an impact but he was a special teams contributor did some things for us helped us out but like when he transferred out, you're like, oh, okay, good luck to you, right? That kind of guy. Bill Norton, Ryland Godey, William Poole for most of his career until like the playoff run. Uh, maybe even Latavius Robert Brini. Up until say that again,
2: Latavius Brini.
0: Yeah, Brini's another good example, right? So those kind of guys, like they, they they play a role, but like they're just replaceable. Those kind of guys. Then a dude is a guy that thinks not necessarily an elite player but a really solid starter who really contributes heavily towards us winning football games. So I'd say like, like Lewis Seen. I don't think scene was ever an elite player, but he was a really, really good starter for us. That's going to probably make a living in the NFL for a couple of years. Jamari Salyer is another one who's a, I don't know if Sawyer was ever elite, but a really, really good starter. Zamir Wyatt's another name. I don't know if he was ever an elite running back for us, but a really good player that contributed heavily towards us winning games. And then finally a monster these are the the dude. These are these are the guys that are like elite, just consistently dominant players. So Jordan Davis, the Kobe Dean, uh, Brock Bowers from last year. Let's go back a year or two, or a couple of years. Nick Chubb, that kind of guy. That's the top of the top, the elite players on the roster. So does that make sense, Curtis? Oh yeah, I get it. All right, a guy, a dude, a monster. So let's go ahead and jump in here. And guys, this is based on potential. Like, we're trying to project forward to what we think these guys are going to be like when it's all said and done. Not necessarily after year one, but like when their career is over. What we think they can be when that comes. So, uh, Kurt, let's just start with the quarterback here, man, off the top. Gunner Stockton, most important position on the field. Is Stockton a guy, a dude, a monster in the long term?
2: I think in the long term, he's a dude. Um, I'm not ready to say he's a monster, but I definitely think he's a dude.
0: Yeah, I... Okay, what, what is going to keep Gunnar from being a monster? And I agree with you. I would have him as a dude. But what is it that keeps him off that, like, elite level?
2: Well, yeah, I think what if he doesn't win the job? Um, you know, he has yeah. – the thing is, a lot of these positions, they're, we play more than one. He's at a position where if you're not the guy, you're not rotating in and out. So, I mean, right now him and Brock Vandegrift are both dudes in – it realistically the difference in one of them being a monster or not is who wins the job.
0: I think they're remarkably similar players, man. They really are. It's going to be an interesting battle down the road here. I mean, I, I really like Gunner. I'm, 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 I'm going to say that right now. I really, really do like Gunner Stockton, but I agree with you. I don't think he has like surefire elite quarterback written all over him. I, I do like the fact that he's a modern quarterback, and what I mean by that is, he can make plays inside and outside the pocket. I think he's very accurate. I love his mobility. I think he's a really tough runner. He's got good size. So he's not like Stetson, who's mobile but like can't take, a, take can't really take a shot because he might not get back up. Gunner's a, a thick dude. He can take those shots. He's just a tough kid in general. Uh, I love his mental makeup. I've watched this guy play a lot through his high school career. He's a gamer out there. He's competitive. You love that. But, you know, he's on the shorter side. I don't know, but that's proven – I don't know. That's kind of been over the years proven to be less of a hindrance than everyone once thought it was. But I just – when you watch him play, Curtis, I just – I'm not saying he's missing the it factor. He has the it factor. But I just don't know if you – when you watch him play, does he scream like, surefire, elite, first-run NFL draft pick? And for me well, – it's story, also
2: just like what you're seeing with Brock Vandegrift, a thing being held against him is his competition. And you saw it with Gunnar Stockton yeah. um, when the competition stepped up; he wasn't the same quarterback. And not saying he wasn't good, he was but also the, fact the players he had was, around him too. Well, and that's what I'm saying. And you could say that same for Brock. And I think that yeah. until we see them more consistently in a program every day, going against these, you know, five stars in practice, is when we'll find them find out who's a dude and who's a guy or a monster.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think he has the potential to become a monster. I, I will be open to that. I would just say right now I, I would lean towards it being more likely he's a dude, which is good. It's still really, really good. Jay Fromm was a dude, and Jay Fromm almost led us to a national championship as a true freshman. So there's nothing wrong with that. I just I don't quite know. If I mean, let's be honest. Stetson,
2: let's be honest. Stetson at best is a dude, and that led us to the championship. Yeah, so Sure, absolutely, absolutely.
1: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads dot com. All
0: right, uh, let's go to the defensive backs. I mentioned a little bit earlier. Let's uh, let's open it with Malachi Starks. Is Malachi I mean he's either a, he's dude a monster or he's a, uh, monster. He's a monster,
2: right? Yeah. There's no question. I mean the guy could play I think he could be a monster at multiple positions.
0: Where do you see him landing long term, safety?
2: I think I think safety is where he wants to try to be, but I think he I mean he could also very well be like Nicole and go somewhere that fits him better. But the fact is I think he at least starts at safety. I think that's where he wants to start because his skill set is just so so extreme. He could right. be a, a difference maker with just that size
0: and that athleticism. It's it's hard to find guys like that. So I think yeah, he could be more of a difference maker. On the defensive side of the ball, but I mean, you're right, dude. He, he like he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. It's tough to take the ball out of his hands because of the plays that this guy can make offensively. But I do think long term he's a safety. I think he even plays star at times. I think he has in that position versatility. I mean, if if he grew enough, like he could slide down and play linebacker potentially. And I don't pre- I don't predict that's going to happen. But like I wouldn't say it's completely out of the question. But yeah, no doubt about it. Malachi Starks, a thousand percent a monster. He is going to be a big time player, whatever position he ends up landing at. He is going to be a big time player for us for quite a few years, hopefully for at least three years, and we'll see what happens after that. Uh, all right, I mentioned him earlier as my sleeper in this class, Curtis, Ja'Cory Thomas. You see him as a guy, a dude, or a
2: monster? I think at best a dude.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with a dude here. I think, he's, I think he's more talented than just a guy. I, like, I, I use the mirror speed as an example of a guy. I think Ja'Cory Thomas is more talented than the mirror speed. I I, I simply do. I think he moves well. Um, He's a smooth athlete. He's rangy. He covers ground well. I think he's got some versatility, kind of like Malachi Starks. We can play safety or star. I think I like him better as a safety. I will say the one thing that doesn't really work in his favor is that Malachi Starks is also in the same class, and I would say Malachi certainly is a more talented prospect, but I mean, he could be a running mate for Malachi for, you know, two, three years into in the future so i i could certainly see that i i, I would say i don't i'm not gonna really say monster i could say dude i just think he's better than a guy for sure uh, all right let's go to the cornerbacks here i love this cornerback class let's start with julian humphrey what do you see him as
2: i think he could be a monster um the guy he has all the tools that you want in that position um he's got this the speed he's got the fluidity and he's just he's a big big guy too with long reach
0: yeah, I mean, all I I hate to sound like a homer, but I feel like all these cornerbacks that we signed, whether it's Humphrey, Singletary, or Everett, well, they, I was about to say,
2: realistically, I could see them all be monsters. I mean, they, except for Jaheem Singletary, who had to because of COVID, they all went out, went and showed out at the All Star games when it mattered yeah. the most. And like yeah. that's when Humphrey made a big jump in almost every ranking, and yeah. so I mean, very well. I think, like you're saying, they could all. I think you could all classify them in the dude monster ratings. It's just who – I think, like, the thing that comes with all of them is who gets on the field. It just – whoever gets on the field is going to be a monster in my opinion.
0: Do do you think either – or any of them, any of those three could maybe slide inside and play star?
2: I think it would be Humphrey, if any. I think just what I think, but I'm not sure.
0: Singletary isn't—he's tall, but he's so thin right now. He, he, there's no way he would hold up his star. He can't—he can't answer against the run yeah. like that. He can't play run fits like that. Yeah. So I would say no to Singletary. Everett's thicker. Um, he's a guy that I, I think has the body type to do it. I think I might go Everett if I would say one of those guys. I think they're all corners, honestly. I think they're all. I could see corners. that.
2: I I could easily see Everett also.
0: Yeah, but I, I'm with you, man. I'm gonna, honestly Humphrey, Singletary, Everett. Let's just lump them together. I'm gonna say they're all. They all have the potential to be monsters. I love Humphrey. good athlete, good ball skills, good size. Singletary is silky smooth, insane body control. Like George Pickens level body control, great ball skills for DB. But like I said, he's a little thin. He's tall and long, but he's a little thin. That's fine. He, he's still going to be a big time corner. I can kind of get away with that playing a corner. And Everett's a little thicker. Um, still a great athlete. A um, little bit more of a physical type player. So I love what he brings to the table. A little, a little bit of something different there. But yeah, I'm with you, man. Let's go all three of those guys with potential to be monsters. All right, let's go edge rushers. Let's go edge rushers next here. Uh, Let's start with Carlton Madden from Cedar Grove. What do you see him as? I think
2: I could see him being a guy.
0: Okay. I'm not sure I agree there, but what is it about Madden that makes you think this guy is not going to be at least a a, a major contributor for us?
2: The fact is he's so out of position. um, It's really going to take seeing what he's like, you know, in that position. Yeah, they did have he played him play like
0: interior defensive lineman like half the time at Cedar Grove.
2: Yeah, like, he he played so out of position. It's hard to sit here and say he's ready to be a a dude. Even yeah,
0: I mean he played on the edge some. He, he just played. he played far too much. I mean I get that you know, you do what you do at the win at the high school level. But he played like three tech half the time, and it's like that's definitely not what he's going to do at the next level, which is fine. He's going to be an edge player for us. I mean outside linebacker. I would say I would lean. I think he's a little bit better than a than. Than a guy. I I would say a dude for him. Uh, I think he's got good lateral quickness. He's twitchy for that position. Now, the thing about Carlton Madden, he's got to get stronger. He's just got to get. Yeah. He's got to. And and now.
2: It's going to take a while for him. Because, too. Because he's hit with labrum surgery right away.
0: Yep. Yeah. And that's why he's not going to be, like, certainly not a sleeper year one. Because he's just not going to be ready to to contribute year one. That's fine. He's got time to grow. And he needs that. He's got to get stronger. He's got to add some weight. He's got the frame to do it. So I'm not too concerned about that, but he just needs a year. He needs a year to get healthy, to get bigger, get stronger, and get ready to contribute. And I think once he does that, I do think Carlton Madden can be a guy. At the very least, is a is a pretty good contributor in our rotation at the outside linebacker position. I, I think he can certainly fill a role for sure. I think I could uh, easily I so. see him
2: being a rock deal who makes the move.
0: Yeah, I, I think he can. I think I absolutely. I, I would say a dude for him. I would say a dude. And the fact is, Chris, I know I'm not saying a guy for many of these, and you won't hear me say a guy for many of these. Well, oh, and that's the thing. Like, were, I mean, I hate – Well,
2: and that's the thing. I don't even want to say we have a guy, but I feel like I also can't just sit here and and say in no way, shape, or form that we have any guys.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, look, we know what people are going to say. People are going to sit here and say, oh, you're just homers. You're homers if you don't call them a guy. But, like, again, we are Georgia. We recruit at top three level week, year in and year out when it comes to recruiting, and we just don't really sign a lot of guys like that. So, I mean, just, it is what it is. All right, but you mentioned earlier, Curtis, Marvin Jones Jr., I mean, monster? Monster,
2: right? yeah. I mean, no I mean, question, absolute monster. I think that was one of the biggest skits at the end.
0: Huge, man, being able to land him like that. I know people were upset about who we didn't get. We didn't get Shamar Stewart. It's like, calm down, guys. We got Marvin Jones Jr. We're good. We got Michael Williams. We're good. We're good. And but we got guys no, that are
2: okay playing what they to play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Jones Jr. is an elite athlete at that position. As an edge rusher, he's got elite first step quickness. He's explosive. I think he needs to become a little bit more polished in terms of his pass rush moves and what he's got in his repertoire. I think
2: but he, to me, fine. I think he needs to strength. I mean, I think he needs to beef up and get stronger. That's my only thing I think he needs to work yeah. on right now.
0: I mean, that's true. That's true of a lot of guys coming to high school. I think that's certainly true of him. That's fair to say. But in terms of long-term potential, if that's what we're trying to do here, look down the road... He's got monster potential. And that's what I expect from him. Here's an interesting one, Curtis. Another guy that no one's talking about. And I really considered him for my sleeper. But I've talked about him before. So I, I want to go somewhere different. But he could, in my opinion, could absolutely be a, the sleeper of this class when it's all said and done. What about Darius Smith? What do you see him as?
2: I see a younger version of what we had in Leonard Floyd.
0: Yeah, long, tall, long. Yeah, absolutely. I would say taller and longer than Leonard Floyd. I mean, this guy is 6'6", 225. He is rail thin at that size, but he is long. Here's the thing about him, Curtis. I don't know if you've seen his tape. He basically plays, not basically, he flat out does play wide receiver. He did for Applin County. That's, that's what he played. He played a little bit of defense too, but he played wide receiver. So we're talking about this dude playing wide receiver and running track. That's going to be an outside linebacker for us. Deck, is exciting for me. Now, he's not where he needs to be right now. In no way, shape, or form should anyone expect him to be a major contributor or really contribute at all in year one. He is a clear redshirt candidate. He has got to add some weight to that frame, get bigger, get stronger, no doubt. But if he does that, I think the ceiling for this guy is off the charts. I think he's explosive. I think he's cat quick. I think he's got the length that you need. He's got all the tools. He just doesn't have the physical makeup right now. And that will come once he gets into our weight program. I'm confident in that. And when it comes, watch out. I think Darius Smith could be a big-time edge rusher for us. So right now, I think he has the potential to be a monster. But I need to see him develop more before I can say that. So I think the safer bet is to say, dude. But I'm going to still hold out and say, like, if things go right, and he puts on the weight, he gains the strength he needs to, and he really commits himself – Absolutely, when it's all said and done, Darius Smith could be a first-round draft pick. I think he'd be a monster.
2: Is that my crazy saying that, Kurt? I don't think it's outlandish. No, I could easily see it. Right now, I'm ready to say he'd be a dude, but I'm. It's not far-fetched, especially the way we can develop people. once you get them into the weight room and the things you can do, then I don't yeah. think it's far-fetched. No.
0: Yeah, I certainly lean. I, I lean more towards dude right now, but I think he could become a monster. All right. I know you got to get out of here, man. So we're going we're gonna to go rapid fire on these, on these next couple of ones. Actually, we've got quite a few to go. Um, let's go offensive line here. Ernest Green.
2: I think there's no question, in my opinion, he's a monster.
0: I mean, just physically, like in every sense of the word, Ernest Green's a monster. And on the 247 composite, he was a four-star number, 45 nationally, so top 50 guy, Six four and a half, three hundred thirty 330 pounds. Here's what I'll say real quick about Ernest Green. Powerful, like an absurd punch. He finishes blocks with authority. He devours defenders. There's, a, there's multiple times where you watch his tape. And he like folds up defenders and like puts them in a suitcase and just walks away. Like he's just destroying people. Now, there's not a ton of pass pro clips, which, you know, that's, that's slightly concerning. Not seeing a ton of that. But that's fine. He looks he moves well. He's got good feet. I think he'll be fine there. He's a tackle prospect all the way. I agree with you, curse. I think Ernest Green has monster potential. Um, here's maybe the other end of the spectrum. Drew Bobo.
2: Hm A guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, a guy, I, I, yeah, there's nothing particularly stands out about him. He's got to get stronger, all those things. I mean, he just, he, just needs to,
2: he just needs to get after it in the weight room. I mean, you know, you hear about it. He moved around a lot. He just ne- was never settled, especially his last couple years. So he was a casualty of his dad's job and everything. But right. he's going to have to get better.
0: Yeah. Um, go another guy that might, might be along the same lines, Griffin Scroggs out of Grayson. Guy. Yeah, he's a guy, but a program guy. I think, I think both Bobo and Scroggs could be like what Warren Erickson was, right? Like, you sit behind everybody for a couple years. And then they, like they, a they'd years be my and Warren
2: Erickson. Back. Yeah, that's what okay. I was going to say. They'd be my Warren Erickson.
0: Yeah, I, I think they, they have the potential to be that. But, I mean, that's still a guy. Like, Warren Erickson, love you, man. A guy. A guy. Um, all right, let's go Alu Ba from
2: IMG. I think he could be a dude.
0: I would say, dude, he's not quite as powerful. He's big, not quite as strong as Ernest Green. I don't think he moves quite as well. He's got kind of his feet get stuck in mud sometimes. But I think he's got the size and the strength to eventually be a, a, a pretty good player, a really good player for us. I would say a dude right now. Um, here's a, a, an absolute giant of a human being, Curtis Jacob Hood. What do you see him as?
2: I see him as a dude.
0: Have you seen how big this dude is? Yeah. I mean, the guy is 6'8", 350 pounds, depending on the day of the week, or what he just ate. I mean, that is that is a huge human being. But he moves pretty well at that size. He gets out. He pulls effectively. Uh, but kind of just leans on people at this stage. I don't think he really maximizes his size and strength. He doesn't bend, like, super well. But I think just the size alone, I could see him being a dude. I Certainly, yeah. I think he's more than a guy. I think he's more than a guy. Um, all right, let's move on here real quick, Curtis. Inside linebackers, we mentioned Jalen Walker earlier. Is he a dude or a monster.
2: monster? He's a monster all day.
0: All day long, man. Elite speed, lead closing speed, instincts, explosives. He fills against the run with authority, tackles with leverage, great blitzer. Like I said earlier, he looks like he's one of our inside linebackers. I think he's the next great Georgia linebacker. A guy that we took from Florida late in the cycle, once coming to Florida, EJ Lightsey. What do you see him as?
2: Um, right now, I think a guy. Um, I think he can be a dude, but right now I'm a go guy. Just because, like in that position, yeah, we rotate, but we're st- right now. We also recruit so well at that position. He could easily, very well, be over recruited.
0: All right, I'm a little higher on Lightsy than you are. I think everything I said about Jalen Walker is also true of Lightsy, but he's just a notch below the talent level of Jalen Walker. So I'm gonna go, dude, on Lightsy. I think he's gonna be a player for us. I really do. Uh, CJ Washington, uh, I don't know because I-, I really want to love this guy. I really want to out of your town just like Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, pro What do you see from CJ Washington?
2: I could see a guy. Um I think he has I think all he's the good tools enough
0: athlete to say that he's a dude, but right now he's raw. Or not anxiety. a guy. I mean, dude,
2: I mean to say dude. I think he could be a dude with his his raw talent can make up for a lot of things like chaining Tyndall.
0: Yeah, he's he's got the he's got the ability. He he's here's the thing, Curtis, the work ethic. You know, we know that Nick Chubb's workouts were legendary. Well, C.J. Washington works out with Nick. He's very Nick-esque he, and just his personality behind the scenes. He's going to be a weight room warrior. He's going to work his butt off, and he's going, to, he's going to be a contributor for us one way or another, and he's talented too, but he's just kind of raw at that position right now. But I, I think, yes, at the very least, I think he'll be a dude. I think he'll be a dude. Um, all right, let's move here real quick, Curtis. We're going to have to go rapid fire. No explanations. I know you got to get out of here. So let's uh, – and we can talk more about these guys later on. Or how about this, Curtis? You want to stop right there? and finish the rest of them on another episode?
2: Yeah, I'm okay with that so we can at least give them a a yeah, deserve. We got
0: me shoot, man. We got we got the defensive linemen to go with receivers. We got running backs. We got Oscar Dup, Brett Thorson. So we got about half the class left. So I, we could just run through them here real quick, but we want to do these guys justice. I know you guys want to hear a little more detail. And that's what a deep dive is. We don't want to just give you service-level stuff. We want to give you an actual deeper dive. So we'll pause right there, and we'll come back with part two of our deep dive into the 2022 recruiting class next week. But I hope you guys enjoyed this part one of our deep dive into the 2022 recruiting class. We'll finish this up next week and get that out to you guys. Just a a PSA here for everyone before we get out of here. The first episode next week... Might be a day late getting up or a little bit later on Tuesday afternoon. Our off-season schedule is, generally speaking, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We might throw a third episode in there depending on what news hits the wires or if we want to do a tennis preview or a baseball preview. But I am running a marathon in Austin, Texas on Sunday. I'm not getting back until late-ish on Monday So it's going to be tough to record once I get back. And I might be dead, to be honest with you. I might be dead. So I don't know if I'll be able to record it on Monday. But we'll have an episode for you guys up on, at the very latest, like Tuesday evening. We'll get that to you guys. I promise, you know, we're not going to let you guys down. We want to make sure you guys have your football fix, have your Georgia sports content all offseason long. It just might be a day or so late this week because I have plans to go and try and destroy my body this weekend. So we'll get that to you guys as soon as we possibly can. But thank you for listening today. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. Have a great weekend, guys. And as always, Go dogs.